Welcome back to the Friend of Jimmy podcast, episode 12. In this episode, we'll be talking to Michael Yarbrough. We mentioned him before in the podcast. He's the man who claims he saw Hoffa get buried in the Renaissance Center back in July of 1975. Christine and I were always a bit puzzled by his story. When we first read about him over a year ago now, we read that he saw Hoffa get buried alive late at night about 10 hours after the last time anyone saw Jimmy. In my pre-interview with Michael, he told me that he since realized it was not late at night, but it was in the afternoon of July 30th, 1975. I told him that we agreed with him on the location for Hoffa's burial, but we believe he was already dead when he arrived at the Renaissance Center. Michael remained certain he was still alive and screaming for help. Now, Christine and I both believe he's telling the truth, even though some details and facts are not quite matching up. So I asked Christine to do a meditation to see if she could figure out why their stories are different. Hi, I'm Christina Vovis. And I'm Christine Fredheim. And this is the Friend of Jimmy podcast, a show about finally uncovering what happened to Jimmy Hoffa through the help of psychic medium Christine Fredheim in our journey to fulfill his wish to find his body. Hi. Hello. How are you? I'm good. Oh, it's an exciting day because... Today, we're going to talk to Michael, Michael Yarbrough, who is a retired corrections officer, and he believes he saw Jimmy Hoffa get dropped into the Renaissance Center on the day he went missing. So I've asked Christine to do a meditation on this, which you did, and we'll hear from Michael, and then we'll hear what sort of information you have, Christine, that can hopefully help us patch up this story. Hello? Hi, Michael. It's Christina. Hi, Christina. Hello. And Christine. Hi. Hi. So, Michael, we want to just dive right in. And like I mentioned to you before, we would like to hear your story of what happened to you and what you witnessed. And then we'll hear from Christine and see what sort of information she may have gotten from the other side. Sounds great. I mean, whenever you're ready. Okay. Let's start with your story of what you witnessed on July 30th, 1975. Okay, back then, I was just getting out of high school. I had just turned 18. I was in Bend Harbor, Michigan, my hometown, and my sister called me from Inkster, Michigan. She said, hey, Mike, come on up to Detroit. There's a lot of job opportunities up here in Detroit, you know, factory jobs and stuff, security. So I came up here, and I, 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 I heard on the news that they would be hiring at the Renaissance Center. So I went downtown to Detroit. I went into the building and, and the uh, main lobby area at the Renaissance Center. I asked security, I said, which way is uh, Clean America, which is a temporary cons- uh, hiring uh, for employment. He said, go down the escalator, make a right to, to uh, Tower 400. So I went down to the end of uh, the ground floor escalators and I made a left. I don't know what made me make a left, but it took me through Tower 200 so as I uh, exited Tower 200, I entered into Tower 300, which was 
at ground level, nothing but dirt, plastic, lights hanging everywhere, do not enter signs, and don't come in here but unless you have a hard hat and you're authorized. But at that moment, I heard somebody screaming for help, you know, really loud. So I, I said, wow, what's going on? Maybe I can go in and help. So I went in there, and as I turned to my left, I went, it went down another level, which was a level below ground level. And when I entered that level below ground level, there was just eight-foot wooden fence all around the area where they were doing cement pouring and stuff. As I looked up, it was like 20 feet up in the air. There was two, two of these men holding another man in the middle by the arms, and they... They had suits on, you know, the John Belushi glasses, the white shirt, black tie. And they had this man with the, yeah, like a light blue shirt on and maybe some blue jeans or some darker colored pants. He was the one screaming for help. Mm-hmm. So as, time, as, as I was standing there to see who I could help, uh, one of the construction workers started bamming on the cement with one of those uh, cement busters, you know, electric cord on it. So he would, and that's, I guess, trying to drown the guy out, you know, from screaming. And then uh, behind those three gentlemen was a burgundy uh, Mercury Marquise with his trunk up and the lights on. And the cement truck to his right of the back of those three guys was a big cement truck, and it was turning slow. And the gurney was from the cement truck was going directly down to this big giant hole, looked like a pillar being constructed. So, you know, as I was looking, they pushed him in, and the cement truck started turning real fast, and the, and the cement started gushing into the hole until they filled it all the way up, that 8 to 10 feet of, uh, of concrete cement. As I was standing there, to my right approached me a, a dark-colored uh, hair man, white man, with the same identical uh, uh, suits on that the other two guys had. Apparently, he was a lookout man. And he approached me, showed me his gun under his, under his coat, and he took his glasses on. He looked me directly in my eyes, and he said, you better keep moving or you're going to be next. So I threw my hands up in the air. You know, I, I said, you ain't got to worry about me, man. I'm out of here. So as I walked away from him, something just told me to look over my shoulder. And as I looked over my shoulder, he was approaching me fast. So by me being so young, man, I was running. I could run pretty good, just fresh out of ice. I, I eluded him. And, and I ran to Tower 400, which was already complete, and I, I saw men and women restroom. So as I ran into the restroom, I got on the very first stall. I was shaking like dying knots, peeing on myself. And mm. I looked under this. I could see under the stall there, you know, his black shoes came to the door. And he just stood there like three seconds, turned around and walked away. I waited patiently, maybe about a minute or so, and then I came off the toilet. I went on back into the garage area and got in my car, went back to Easter, and I told my people what I had just saw. And as I told them who it was, they said, keep that to yourself and you get everybody killed. So I kept it to myself. So how did you know that that was Jimmy Hoffa that was getting pushed into the Renaissance Center? I saw it on the news on the 31st. It was a breaking news flash on all three major channels that he was missing. And that's how I knew exactly who he was, because I saw his face when I was there. You know, I could see good. I had 20-20 vision, you know. Two years later, I told my brother-in-law, which is my sister's husband, uh, he was a Detroit police officer. I told him about it. He told me, man, don't mess with that. Leave that alone. There's the mob involved with that. You know, get everybody killed. So I kept it to myself all the way up until November of 2002. 
So I got the courage to go down and talk to the FBI downtown. And as I went down there, sit with uh, several agents in there, I drew a map of where I thought he was. I was wrong. I thought it was Tower 400. That's the information I first gave them. But as I kept visiting the building frequently, I started seeing how the uh, structure of the building is like when you come up on Jefferson in the front part of the building, uh, it's designed where it looks like it's situated in a different, because it's a, it's a circular type of building on the inside, but the outside is pointed toward the Detroit River. I went back to the FBI again and told them the corrected information. And then they started thinking that, well, this guy, I don't know what he's talking about. I guess, you know, he's making this up, you know, because right. I wasn't right the first time. So they told me to cease and desist and don't come down there no more unless I got some new information. They said my story is not credible enough. Mm, so, okay, and we and you know, we think it's not credible enough because you gave them the wrong location the yeah, first of course, time. Of that, that's what we think. We already know you went to the FBI in 2002, and then what were your other steps? I went to the Michigan State Police in, in Detroit, and I went to the Homicide Division, and the detective uh, met me down at the Renaissance Center uh, December 4th of 2018. We did the complete walkthrough through the Renaissance Center as to exactly what happened that day that that mm. happened. Everything that happened to me was July the 30th, 1975. So I, I took him through the whole building as every step of the way of what I did. And six months later, in 2019, he came back to me and told me that, Mike, hey, you know, there's somebody, there's something bigger than us that's blocking this investigation. So we had to leave it in their hands, which was the FBI, because it's under their jurisdiction because he came up missing. You know, I was looking at it, well, maybe they could do something because it's now a homicide. But they said mm. there was still nothing they could do because the FBI is blocking the investigation. Mm. Okay, so they took you seriously enough to take you to the Renaissance Center, the Michigan State Police did. Yeah. Because I'm a, I'm a retired correction officer for the state of Michigan, and he, my credibility with the state of Michigan is good. I mean, yeah, okay. I retired. I retired from there. You know, worked in a prison 17 years. You know, so then you do the walkthrough. You do the walkthrough in the Renaissance Center, and then it can't go any further without a search warrant. Right, it can't go any further without a search warrant, and the people who can get the search warrant is the FBI, Detroit. And the FBI is not listening to you. Right. All right. Now, Christine, I think we could go into, Christine, what you found yeah. out on your end. So um, my process is normally that I meditate and I have a direct contact with the spirits that I passed on that have asked me for help. And Hoffa is one of them. And what I found really interesting with your story is that it's so similar to what Hoffa showed me what happened. I think the only thing that seems to be different is that I see him being shot beforehand while you see him, you know, being bur buried alive. And I asked Hoffa, um, what, what is going on? Have I picked up wrong information or, um, like I just wanted some clarity around it. And he basically told me that there are more than one person like himself buried in a Renaissance center. During the construction, there are several people that have been buried and hidden uh, in the cement. There are other souls in that building. Wow. I yeah. believe that because I was only there just that day. I don't know what yeah. happened on the 31st. Right. Or the, or the, or the 1st. 
Right. And that would make sense if Michael saw a different person get buried. Mm-hmm. No, 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 no. I can see very well back then. I was only 18. And I know yeah. who I was looking at. I yeah. couldn't identify the two guys in the black suits because they had glasses on. But yeah. he didn't. And I remember his face because it was so distinguishing you know, on the news. To, it couldn't have been a two of those guys that looked alike. I mean, it had to be him because that's the man that I saw get pushing out. I'm a, I'm a thousand percent positive that's who it was. Yeah. I know it was who he was. First of all, the tire was there that they say he came up kidnapped in. And second of all, the guy that tried to kill me was the guy that identified in the mob book. So if you put well, two and two together. Well, actually, but Michael, it would still be, could still be the same characters that killed someone else and the same car. Because I feel at like. At the same they, time? Well, we don't have Hoffa getting put into the building until way late after dark, right, Christine? Mm-hmm. No, this is afternoon. Right. right. So if your person that you saw was 3.15 in the afternoon, it wasn't Hoffa. It was someone else. Hoffa came up missing at 2.30 that same afternoon. Right. Yeah. The, the, uh, the, the restaurant is only like 25 minutes to the Renaissance. They lied. Frank Sheeran said that he had got killed in that house on Beaverly Court. Well, Grand River is like that, that house was adjacent to Grand River, not even 10 feet away. You know, they didn't stop there. Frank Sharon didn't shoot him twice in the head. They kept going down Grand River, straight to downtown Renaissance Center, where they put him in the hole. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's so cut and dry till it's pathetic that all these criminologists can't even see. And first of all, why are they believing the people who killed him in the first place? The mob. Right. Why are they avoiding going to the place where I told him he's at? And and refuse to see, at least go in there and see, other than the state police going in there with a ground, you know, why don't they go in there with the ground penetration devices? I mm. guarantee you that if they go down there, they're going to find that if, if they say it ain't him, well, guess what? It's somebody. Yes. Whether it's him or not. There's yes. a body in there the building, are... whether it's here or him or not. Yes. Why don't you go in there and pull him out? Yeah, exactly. That's my thought too. Like when I went into the building, I could sense when I came to a location, I could sense like I could feel so much present of several souls. And I'm like, if this isn't Hoffa, there's other people here and they need to be identified and be released. So it's. uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they go in there and find other bodies, but I bet you one thing, his is in there. Yeah, I guarantee you that. I I, I put a bullet in my head to, to say it ain't. Yeah, <laughs> that's how positive I am. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I I'm with you. Um, I am with you on that. You know, yeah. with this burden on my chest and my family's chest for the last still forty five years, it's really been difficult for me to even function properly, being traumatized behind all this mess. Yeah, you know? I can imagine. Right today, I'm still fearing for my life. You know. Because this man, uh, the mob people that killed him, they have generations of sons. You know, Joy Joy got Jack alone. That was his car there. That they have as evidence with the DNA of Hoffa's hair in it. He's running the mob right now. You know, so this Wait, is bigger. This bigger than all of us. Joey Jackaloni is running the mob. Yes, he is. Yeah, him in Chicago, Tony is running the mob, and I believe he had something to do with the contract. The construction contract that was going on that year. 
Turner Construction out of Chicago was the ones who poured the cement. They owned the contract. It was crazy. So, yeah, you're right. It might be more than one body in the area. Right. Check this out. The reason why I'm saying that is because the Renaissance Center downtown Detroit has more cement poured than any other skyline structure in America. Yeah. That's a lot of concrete. Maybe they put him there as a trophy, like um, like the Moscato family said. They put him over in the New Jersey area. He's a trophy here in Detroit. Right. Because, that's exactly one, that's exactly what Hoffa told me. He is a trophy. Yeah, because you know why he's saying that is because for one, Henry Ford II owned that building, the Renaissance Center, and they sold it to General Motors. It's General Motors headquarters now. For, so therefore, there's members of the auto industry. And there's members of the Teamsters, they're holding hands, and he's a trophy right there. Mm-hmm. And it's pissing me off because people can't even see that. You know, and Hoffa's telling you this is himself. Common sense would tell you that they put him there for a trophy because it has something to do with union membership. So put him in there with the union people. I mean, what? Since he's had a million members in the Teamsters, you know, all the mobsters laughing, sturdy sending everybody everywhere else, spending taxpayers' money for nothing. You know, it's crazy. Right. Well, Michael, I I think I told you before that our goal of this whole project, this whole podcast is to get law enforcement to hear our story and to get into that building. So that's that's what we're trying to do. The problem why nothing is getting done is because my voice is not being heard to the mainstream media with the with the with the positive uh, information saying that law enforcement is going to bag me. That's why the media here don't want to hear me because law enforcement is not backing me. But they hear everybody else. They're hearing the Moscato people in uh, New Jersey. Ain't no law enforcement backing them. Is it because I'm black or what? What is it? Yeah, it's very interesting. I really don't know. I am so thankful that I got to speak with you. And um, thank you so much for, for taking the time to... To tell us your story and also to listen to to my words, I, I really, really appreciate it. And um, thank you so much. Yes, thank you so much, Michael. It was so nice talking to both of you. And I really, really hope we get this case solved, you know, so yeah. everybody can have some peace. That's all I want is peace. Yeah. You know? We've all got the same goal. So let's see what happens. And Michael, we will we will still continue to be in touch. Okay, thank you. All right, thank you. Bye-bye. So that didn't go exactly as I'd hoped because when you told him that it could be another body, he didn't seem to register that. I was hoping for this, holy shit, maybe I saw some someone different moment. Yeah. You know, but I believe he saw what he saw, but his story has changed. The time changed. Then the date changed at one point. And did you get my message? Uh, I got three knocks. Oh, yes. In the beginning of the conversation. Yeah, that's crazy. It's so wild. I was going to like disturb you guys, but then I'm like, no, I don't want to put this in and having to explain it. So I'm just like texting you. Right. Hold on. Uh, Can I have you on speaker? Yeah. Or no? Yeah, go. Okay, good. I felt, swear to God, I heard someone. And I don't have the kids either. Oh, wow. So I just, I want to have them off so I can not be like, you know, was so it I can the, hear. Was, was it the three knocks again? 
No, it was more like a hello, but it was coming from the hallway outside or like. Can you see the door? Uh-huh. Yeah, in there. I felt like I heard like, hello. It's so fucking weird. I'm going to need to have like a cleanse on this place after we're done with this project. Maybe it's <laughs> like, one of the the other people that's buried there. Oh my God, don't. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> don't invite them. No. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, I'm definitely not alone. Have you felt any extra activity while working? Well, yeah. Well, I think it's what I told you about that um, when I was editing, it started fast forwarding through certain sections on its own. Yeah. Um, and that was going on for like a few days. So that was, I definitely felt like I was not alone with that. But it's not bad energy, is it? Well, I feel just scared now because it's like uninvited energy. They might not be bad, but it's like, don't come in my house and say hello. Like, <laughs> my sanctuary. Do you need to uh, do something? I'm gonna yeah, I'm going to look into it after, and then I'm just going to do a little, like, protection. Whew. Shit is getting weird a lot. Yeah. But I'm a little, like, that he's still afraid of his life, and that there's still, like, mafia gangsters. I know. I, um, what was that? From you or me? It was a weird sound thing. Oh my God. Do you see this windstorm that's happening? <laughs> oh Jesus, what are we tapping into? You've been listening to the Friend of Jimmy podcast. Subscribe now so you don't miss an episode. Yes. And if you've already subscribed, please help us get this story out by sharing, rating, and reviewing the podcast. Thanks for listening. Don't miss our next episode where the knocks and hellos continue. Someone is trying to get our attention and won't give up. <laughs>